This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We are known as the Caring Place, and we've been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. We're approaching 100 years of serving South Florida. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brummett. I happen to be the president. I've been here a little over 30 years. Uh, I can't even believe I've been here this long, but what a joy, what an honor it is every Sunday to come into your home or wherever you're listening this morning and tell you that even through the doom and the gloom and everything that's bad that we think is bad in our country and through the world or the bad news that we hear, we get so much of it as we go through the weeks and the months, but there are good, there is good news happening even in the midst of all the storms and and by the way, didn't we have some storms this past uh, Friday or so, but even through all the midst of all that, there are still so many people. Uh, that care about one another. You know, we can't do all the things that we do without the community support. And this is the first time you've ever tuned in to Mission Possible. Uh, This program is over 10 years old, and it's supposed to be a program to give you an uplift, encouragement, uh, something joyful, instead of all the negativity that we hear during the week. You know, the old adage, if it leads, it bleeds, and that's what normally happens in the news station. So we want to make this this very special time. We're going to tell you about what we do to help and serve the homeless here in South Florida. But we're also going to have other uh, community advocates on the program. We're going to have testimonies. You're going to hear later today a testimony of a changed life. And so we want people to understand that this um, program is really predicated upon sharing good news. Yes, we got to be realists. We got to make sure that we understand what's happening in the world. But once in a while, you know, just take a break and uh, just take an aha moment and hear something good. Uh, right now, we're get gearing up for Thanksgiving. Uh, last year, we did things a little differently. But most Thanksgiving since I've been here, we've had a great big street outreach party. That means in our centers in Miami and in Broward, we close the streets down. We invite the homeless in the area. We invite those that are struggling financially uh, in the areas. They can come that day. We have a beautiful band and music and a full dinner is served, uh, Thanksgiving dinner with all the extras. It's hand-delivered because we had, in years past, over 500 volunteers to come out and serve the meals. But that all changed last year with COVID, like so many other things. And we had to rethink how we can uh, bless people in the community and yet uh, do it safely. And so this year, even though things seem to be returned to corner a little bit, we're not going to have our outreach parties. We're not going to do our block parties. We're going to have individual center parties. But we are going to do food box distributions. We did it last year. It worked out very, very good. Uh, people sign up for it. Some will come with their cars. Some don't have any vehicles. Uh, so they'll be walking up. But we want to make sure that people in our communities know that other care about them, that others are concerned about their well-being, and especially with our homeless. You know, I've said this for many, many years, hope often begins with a meal. 
And uh, many people that come to our centers, uh, not just coming because they want to get their life changed, not because they want to uh, make a radical change. They are coming because they're hungry. And so that that food that we give them, that meal that we give them is uh, such an encouragement to them. And it's a way that we can break the ice with the homeless men and women that we serve and let them know that uh, we care about them. We're not going to judge them. And when they're ready to come in, we want them to come in. We, now, we don't want to continually feed them a day after day after day. Uh, we do want them to help to make better choices in their life. And, the, and either with us or another agency, we'll be happy to help them uh, to get off the streets and make some positive uh, changes in their life. You know, even during this vast COVID, uh, what, 18 to 23 months, they say, to 18 to 24 months, almost two years. Uh, even with all the, the horrific things that we've heard and the economy plummeting and jobs and, and just the things that have happened, people that come to us for help, are we're still being successful. Uh, we're just praising the Lord for it that we're able to find them work and to find them affordable housing. And that's pretty, pretty uh, a big accomplishment, especially uh, it's normally hard enough as it is to help the formerly homeless find housing and find work. But right now with COVID, it's even been a double, triple uh, challenge, and yet we're still seeing that. And that's what it's really all about, is trying to see people that come into us, uh, they've lost their way in life. Many of times, the women that come to us, they have uh, experienced domestic violence. They're fleeing a domestic violence situation. They have kids they're coming with them. And sometimes they even come with us with kids, and they're pregnant, and they come to us for help. And so we are doing everything we can do, especially during the COVID situation, to keep things safe, uh, yet let people know that we haven't shut our doors. And we're, and we're very thankful. You know, many places had to shut down for a while. We never had to shut down. Now, we have had to reallocate spaces, and we've had to do some changes as far as getting people how they sleep in the dorms and, and how they eat their meals and so on, and the cleanliness that we've had to, um, to enforce in all of our centers and all of our buildings. Uh, we, we've done that. And so people are able to, to come in still. It's not as many. Uh, we're building up our numbers, our overnight numbers. Uh, generally speaking, we have seven to 800 people in our programs, the residential programs. Uh, we're down to about 400 to 500. We're down as low as 300 at one point when things were really bad last uh, what, August or last September of last year. But we are building up, and, and our volunteers are starting to return also. So during Thanksgiving, the easiest way that anyone can help us is, how can we help you? How can we help you? And I know this sounds crass, but you can help us financially. Hope often does begin with the meal. We're going to serve over 250,000 meals this fall. That includes right through Thanksgiving and into Christmas and so on and the end of the year holidays. Uh, so go to our website at caringplace.org slash thanks. That's caringplace.org slash thanks. That's for Thanksgiving. For uh, $2.10, you can do uh, one meal. And I know there's probably people who are listening and do 10 meals, 20 meals. Maybe you can do 1,000 meals and uh, help us get over this terrible, terrible uh, financial crunch that we're in, uh, especially during the fall months and then into the winter months. Uh, another way you can help us if you don't have that cash, and, or maybe you want to make something, a project for your children or your family, or maybe even your business, we have our Pack the Pantry food drive going on. And this is an old-fashioned food drive. You can go to our website at caringplace.org slash pantry. 
Uh, you'll see it right there on the first page, but you can go to caringplace.org slash pantry, and we will send you out the old-fashioned uh, brown paper bags, tells you what to go inside of them. Once you go to your local supermarket, wherever you like to shop, and look for the BOGOs to buy one, get one free. So if you get a can of beans for yourself, get a can of beans for someone that needs help. Uh, our meals cost around, um, we say it costs $2.10 to provide a meal. It's actually much more than that uh, if you really put the real cost down, but we have volunteers that come in. They're still coming in to help prepare the food and and serve the food and clean up afterwards. We also have our tremendous food drives that are going on. And so when you take that all into account, uh, it really, we do it so economical. And for $2.10 a meal, you're not just getting a crusty piece of bread and and some some soup. You're getting a really good meal. And especially during the holidays, we want to make sure that people feel uh, well-fed and also that they're loved. That's that's the main message we're sending them. Yes, we want to feed people. We want to make sure that they're not hungry at night. But we want to know that people do care about them. So you can help us by giving financially. That's at caringplace.org slash thanks. Or you can help us with Pack the Pantry Food Drive, which is at caringplace.org slash pantry. Now, during the course of, of this uh, next two months, there's so many different ways you can help us. Of course, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, but we're also doing our Christmas drive. Last year, even with the pandemic, we were able to help over 600 families. So I think we gave close to seven, I mean, not seven, about uh, maybe 1,800, 1,900 toys last year. So we do need your help with our food drive, uh, our toy drive, rather. So go, when you're on our website, find out about that. Uh, you can drop the toys off to us. Uh, if you have a lot of them and you do a big, massive uh, toy drive at your church or place of worship we'll be happy to come up and pick them up and and store them we're getting ready right now i know it's just the beginning of november still but we're getting ready right now because we know that uh, there's going to be many families going to be signing up and need things for for church uh, for christmas rather so again you can help us by providing meals that's at caringplace.org slash thanks you can help us with pack the pantry that's caringplace.org slash pantry and then you can help us with a toy drive, which would be caringplace.org slash toys. I know that's a lot to, to, to ask of you, uh, but if everyone can do something, can just do a little something, uh, we can change more lives. Uh, later on, you're going to hear a, a tremendous testimony from Wes, so I want you to stay tuned. And we also have community people that are doing great things. Well, God bless you. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Leon Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I'm so excited. We have on the phone with us today Sydney Smith from Sydney Smith Legacy Music. Welcome, Sydney. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, ma'am, and thanks for having me. Oh, this is such a pleasure. Let me tell you something. I go back to Night of Joy with you. This is the night that we met. Um, you were so kind as to say, yes, I want to join you guys for your night of joy. And for our listeners, if you don't know what the night of joy is, if you haven't heard about it, this is a wonderful night that our faith community, our faith giving partners, they get together, they raise funds for meals, for, uh, you know, for emergency beds, for shelter, for meals. I mean, you guys do so much, right? And I had the honor to meet Sydney Smith on this night. You actually closed the show for us. You had such a wonderful performance. I mean, it was so worth the wait. Uh, you were out of 10 performers. You were the one that closed the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and for doing this. 
tell me how, I mean, how did you feel that night uh, closing the show for us? Well, it felt real wonderful. Uh, we, this is what we live for. And uh, my other partners and I, we waited it out and it was a wonderful event. And we had a good time singing and uh, praising God and uh, just helping people out and uh, showing people that we do care. Let me tell you, we were not tired. We were ready for more. Everybody was, you know, front stage with you. Our residents who were in attendance, they were fascinated. Uh, they were praising God, like you said. I mean, what a night, right? I mean, you're um, the, I, I can't remember his name, and I know I spoke with him briefly. Um, your associate that plays the guitar. Oh, my God. That was amazing, too. Yes, that's Alec, and it was uh, Dr. Tommy Richardson that introduced us on stage. That's my grandson that works uh, with Dr. Cavallo with the uh, Dade County School Board District. Yes, your grandson was there as well. So let me tell you, I again, what a night, uh, what a great way to, to help uh, faith community through Night of Joy. They were able to raise enough money for over uh, 5,000 meals. You guys did fantastic. It was so, so wonderful. Now, tell me about Sydney Smith's legacy music. Well, yes, we have been playing all types of music for just about half of my life. And uh, it's normally the nightclub thing or whatever. But I figured this isn't helping me at all. This is helping the owners that are, uh, you know, just uh, just having too much stupid, crazy fun. So I figured, you know, I learned this, of course, from my dad that was an organist for 40 years at East Queen Street Baptist Church in Jamaica. And I've uh, known all about helping and caring and sharing with people. And uh, he also tried cases at the uh, registered magistrate's court in Jamaica as well. So I, I went through the whole thing of people being down, oppressed, hungry, and in, in very, very dire straits and need. So I think that's where this all came from for me. And then we figured if we uh, play some music, uh, people love music. It's, uh, it's written in the Bible. Uh, so uh, we'd get, gain a crowd and we would know who these people are. We'd come back again at them and feed them. They would help. I found drummers from the street. I found guitarists from the street. I found uh, singers from the street. And uh, when we all get together uh, for the Lord, it's a wonderful thing. He does not seem to nor care where we're from as long as we're uh, serving and uh, praising him. That's amazing. What an organic way of finding uh, the people that are joining you on the stage. I love that you're giving opportunities to to individuals that maybe, you know, they have that talent. Uh, they didn't know how to uh, let their people, right, enjoy that talent. Because let me tell you, I mean, I believe you, you guys did two or three songs. And um, they were just so amazing. Again, I mean, I have to tell you, uh, I was having so much fun, and, and and we were there since early. I mean, this is an event that we started doing everything at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Here comes 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and, and we're still going, right? And it was mm -hmm. so refreshing uh, to have you and, and your, you know, your, your colleagues, Alec. I mean, amazing with the guitar. Now, I know our listeners are probably wondering, is this something that you do on a, you know, like often? Is this something that you do only for special events? 
tell me about that. So if anyone who's listening and is interested in getting to know more about you guys, um, is this something that you do at a church or you do when people ask you to do? Tell me more about that. Yes, we do it at churches and uh, we'll do it for anybody that needs our assistance in spreading the uh, the word of God. Uh, we're already willing and able and uh, my associates, they do like it too. They get a, uh, they get a big lift from doing this. It's worth more than money, these guys have said, and as I do know, uh, it's just not a, it's just not all about paying for playing for that big gig that's gonna pay you some money. These people leave, go home, and uh, never see you again. But what we do is we leave something that we think will be instilled in you. And it's the word of God through song. And uh, we are very choosing which ones we do sing. And uh, they're all wonderful sing-alongs. And uh, there's always something that everybody will love. And that's why we do it. And we appreciate them coming to hear us. And uh, it's amazing. It's a great feeling when we leave. That's, um, yes, it is amazing, and it is a great feeling, especially when you see how much everyone at our event was enjoying uh, your performance. So how, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Yes, I have an email. It's 90sydneysmith, S-Y-D-N-E-Y, smith, at gmail.com. And, of course, we need people to support us so we can support others. And uh, our song, Once Upon a Time, it's just now released, and it's on the uh, YouTube. It can be found at Sydney Smith, Once Upon a Time. And uh, we need encouragement. We need funds. We need to forward this some more and uh, share what we can with the Brown Outreach Center and the Miami Rescue Mission at any time at all. We're here at your beck and call. Absolutely. And I know our faith liaison, Community Development Associate Patricia McFoy and Chantel, they love you. They cannot wait for the next event that you want to be, that you can be a part of it. And I know they will be in touch. But in the meantime, for all of our listeners, uh, you heard Sydney here. And, and I want to point out that he, he does have a video on YouTube. So if you want to check him out, uh, before you contact him to see what they're all about and then, He's giving you his email address, so if you have maybe like a, uh, you know, a, an event at your church, if you want to use him, if you want to, um, you know, ask them to perform for a private event, I would say please get in touch with him. I mean, again, very refreshing, uh, someone that we can see that is passionate for the Lord, for giving back to our community, for uplifting individuals. Uh, I cannot say enough about you. And uh, I know that you stayed around at the end. Uh, did you get any feedback from our uh, people that were in attendance? What did they tell you after you performed? Oh, definitely so. Your residents, they all came up and uh, thanked me for it. And I could see it, it helped them as well. And I even saw some people in tears. And, uh, you know, tears are just not of sorrows alone. You know, it shows that... Uh, it hit the spot, and that's what we're here for. And that is what we are all about, right? We are all about uplifting individuals. Um, we had guests in the event, but our residents, I mean, to see them enjoy this and, and to see them, um, you know, love on you because you, you did a great yes. job. So before we leave, I mean, we're running out of time. Please give us your email address one more time so people can contact you. Yes, ma'am. It's 90 Sydney Smith, S Y D N E Y Smith, 
at gmail.com. And if you didn't get that because you're driving or you're simply busy at the moment, please call me, Leanne, here at the mission. I have all the information for Sydney and his music legacy. Thank you for joining us, Sydney. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. I'm excited. Today we have on the phone with us Jose Soto, our representative from State Farm. Welcome, Jose. How are you? I am doing awesome, Leanne. Thank you so much for inviting me to the, the, uh, the show. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. I mean, I was telling you off the air that when we count our blessings during this time of the year, Thanksgiving, the holidays, Christmas coming up, uh, we really count our friends at State Farm because you and your team and all the State Farm agents, you do so much. You're always so involved uh, with everything that we're doing. And we thank you. We're grateful for that. Tell us, what is State Farm up to this time of the year? Let me tell you, uh, it, it, it is this time of year for the past decade or so, we've been supporting the Miami Rescue Mission uh, in different ways during the holidays and COVID-19 is not gonna stop us from doing it this year again. Um, we have just started our food drive uh, and, and clothing drive to help out the mission. Uh, it's gonna run till November 29th for Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, anybody can stop by a participating State Farm agent's office or if they prefer, they can go online to the Miami Rescue Mission Barrett Outreach Center website and make a donation online. So we're encouraging all our agents to do that um, and encouraging their customers to support the Miami Rescue Mission. Um, also, go ahead and support. The, the idea is to go ahead and, and do something good in the community. There's a lot of good groups out there. Um, you could go through your church. Uh, another group out there is Meals on Wheels for the elderly. The important thing is to do something. And, 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 and now more than ever with Thanksgiving, it's a time of the word says it all. It's a time of giving, giving back to those that need it. And the Miami Rescue Mission has been doing an awesome job um, for a long time in, in helping the homeless in our community. So St. Farm is extremely proud to be able to, to support you guys uh, and, and have this drive to encourage the community to support the mission. Absolutely. And, and you know what? You, you said it everything perfectly. It's about, it's not just because it's Thanksgiving and the Christmas or the holidays coming up. It's also because it's good to give back. It feels good. You're going to feel amazing when you help someone else. And we have volunteer opportunities. Uh, we have donation uh, drop-off sites that you can just come and drop it off. So if you're not able to find the State Farm, and I find that almost impossible because they're everywhere, okay? I'm a customer, and what I do sometimes is just Google uh, State Farm near me, and at least three or four places come up, and they're super close to me, right? Because they're very popular. They're in our community, and they're helping. Now, if you're rather to do a monetary donation, like Jose asked you, uh, you can go to www.caringplace forward slash Thanksgiving, for every $2.10 that you donate, you'll be feeding one person, one homeless person, a hot and nutritious meal. So once again, www.caringplace.org, when you give, okay, God will give you triple that that you're giving. So please, seven times, right? So please, please find an organization. If it's not the Miami Rescue Mission, it could be another organization. Find it in your heart 
to help someone else that may be in need. This holiday season, imagine not having enough to eat. Imagine not having family to celebrate with or to be surrounded by. Imagine people that so many people in our communities are suffering this time of the year, right? So we are giving you the opportunity to make a difference. This is Jose Soto from State Farm, Leanne Navarro from the Miami Rescue Mission and Broadwater Reach Centers. Now, of course, if you need insurance for your car, for your home, Jose, tell us the website. How are we going to get on State Farm? It, it is so simple to find a State Farm agent. Um, go to statefarm.com. That's it. Uh, you go on that site. You can get their address, phone number. You can even send them an email straight from the website if you like. Uh, it's super simple to find a State Farm agent in your community. Yes, absolutely. I thank you so much for joining me today, Jose. Keep up the great work. Thank you for inspiring our community. And Jose said it, if you have a company, your company's matching a gift. I know State Farm, uh, they do that as well. And I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. But if you work for a company that is able to match a gift or give you a day to volunteer to give back to your community, find out. Sometimes it's not that um uh, evident, right? So you have to ask the questions Correct. and if you're able to do that, uh, that is a win-win, right? Yes, correct. And again, it's the, the whole thing is it's just to give back. Uh, and every little bit counts, as uh, Leon said. Yes, every dollar counts, every hour, every uh, food that you donate, everything that you do. Jose, thank you for joining us. We love you. Oh, we thank, thank you. you. And we hope to see you again soon. Thank you for joining us today. Well, it's always wonderful when we get to interview people who are telling a story about their own life and what they have gone through, and sometimes it's very traumatic, and what led them to come to the Miami Rescue Mission, and then what are their goals as they are looking forward uh, to having a changed life. I have with me today Wesley, and he is going to tell his story. So first of all, thank you, Wesley, for coming on air and uh, wanting to share. Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay, Wesley, go back in time and uh, maybe talk about a little bit of your childhood and let's and eventually bring us up to the point of coming into the mission. Yes, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I come from a family that uh, I had a mother, uh, four siblings, and a stepfather. Uh, Mom tried to teach me about the church and about God and stuff like that, but I always viewed God as a punishing God. And so I really didn't accept it. And when I got old enough to get uh, in high school years, I stopped going to church because I didn't want to have anything to do with him. During my early years uh, as a kid, I felt different from my family. I felt different from my siblings because they looked different than me. And I always felt like uh, I was getting punished. So you've actually uh, did find out. We, you talked a little bit off air about yeah, that. I, that. My, my aunt finally told me that he wasn't my father. Mm. And uh, as, other, as as kids normally do, he wasn't my father, and I wasn't going to accept him as that. But at high school age, I began to rebel. And uh, I didn't rebel using alcohol and drugs. I just rebelled not doing what they wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So, but I took that, that behavior rebellion. Right, the behavior rebellion. So I took that rebellious behavior into being an early adult. About the age of 28, after I had gotten married, and after the age of 28, I 
they got a divorce and uh, I went to work for a nightclub. And that's when I got involved with uh, alcohol and drugs and stuff like that right there. And I started to get in trouble with the police. And uh, I made my way to uh, the Miami Rescue Mission in Miami. Uh, okay, so what was the defining moment, though, that you said, wait a minute, this life is not what I really want? Well, when I got to Miami, uh, I brought Wesley with me. And I got a job, and uh, everything was pretty much the same. Mm. Friday nights came, and I blew my money, and uh, I ended up homeless. Mm-hmm. First time I've really been homeless before. I said that would never happen to me, but it, it happened to me. Mm. And uh, I met this guy, and he was going to show me how I could survive. You know, I'm going to tell you where to go eat and on the that street. Kind of stuff, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ended up coming over to the mission to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I saw some people that I hadn't met, and they were like, well, what you going to do, man? Mm-hmm. Huh? And I was like, I really don't know right now. So some people, maybe, did you know them on the streets, and then they had come into the mission before you, or? I knew them. I knew them as, as as being missionites. Okay. I knew them as being missionites. In yeah. other words, they were in the program. Yeah, and, I knew them as being missionites, right? And they were saying, "Hey, you look at me now." Yeah. And uh, this could be you. So why are you still out there? Yes, that's what they were telling me. Hmm. And each time I would come and eat, I'd run into them. <laughs> I'd run into them, and their God was using them. Yes. Their God was using them. Yeah. And finally, the last time I came in, one of the guys said, well, so-and-so wants to see you. And I forget what the guy's name was. Mm-hmm. And uh, they made some arrangements uh, for me to come in that Monday. And uh, I got in. Well, we're going to um, pick up your story yes. in just a moment. So now we know how you came, why you came, and uh, now we're going to find out what happens to you as you have come into the Miami Rescue Mission and what are your goals and uh, just what's really happening. So don't turn that dial. We'll be back in just a moment with more of Wesley's story. We're back with Wesley. He's telling his story, and he's already told how um, he had a traumatic uh, childhood life. It it wasn't because they were poor. Um, I'm glad he was said that he he was middle class black and uh, i'm glad you know you can tell the audience there is middle class in in the african-american culture thank praise god yes it is but there was still issues and um when you found out that your dad was really your stepdad that was a traumatic blow to you and uh, you just uh, kind of rebelled after that point wasn't drugs and alcohol that's another honesty thing and a lot of people think everything like with a mission it's all with drugs and alcohol but you know we deal with people with a lot of of life challenging issues and I'm, I'm glad that you even brought that out but it came later in your life when you're really an adult that that came on you with the drugs and the alcohol but you found out as you were in Miami and left Atlanta that um, I need to go into the mission and you knew some people here yes. that encouraged you and yes. so we're just right there at that point of the story uh, yes. where you have come into the mission so pick it up from there 
when I came into the mission, I was shown uh, much love, much love. And uh, it was not a shock to me I, uh, having to say that because my, my, my time out on the street, uh, those same people that were coming through the lines and stuff like that there, I saw those people and I knew how they lived. And I saw, what I saw was a bunch of guys being ambassadors for God. That's what I saw. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the guys who worked in the mission. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw. So it was not a shock to me. However, after a couple of days, I felt like leaving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like now, everybody else. With love right. comes discipline. Right. And that's where the rub comes. Right. That's where the rub comes. You don't have to be here. You could do something better. But I knew that was the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've stayed. Uh, I got a little over 37 days now. And uh, I feel like things are getting better. Uh, I'm getting closer to the Lord. Uh, I want to be on fire for him. Oh, that's great. So that way back in your childhood when you lost or left your first love of God and uh, was rebellious. But now all of a sudden something has clicked in your heart that this is what you want, though. You you want God. And he's not the, the man who's going to um, beat you when you've done wrong, but he loves you back in uh, to his arms. I think uh, a lot of what I found out was that uh, along with that rebellion, I had to learn to forgive other people. And I also, I also had to learn to forgive myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't forgive other people if you don't forgive yourself. And uh, I had to do that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, having you know, I didn't know I had carried that for so long uh, about my father and my stepfather. I hadn't carried that so long. And I had got so used to rebelling. I had got so used to being uh, that guy. You know, I had got used to being that guy. It was, I was comfortable in that. Mm -hmm. That was my protection. And uh, I had asked God for strength. But he gave me uh, an iniquity to build me up. And so uh, that's where I'm at today. That's where I'm at today. Well, you know, you're you're on that journey, and uh, there's a lot more to come. And uh, I'm going to ask the listeners right now, would you just lift up Wesley and pray for him? Uh, I think you can hear in his voice. You know, as I do these interviews, you think, well, I've talked to so many people that I wouldn't get emotional, but I get emotional right along with you. And uh, because I know it's real, um, you're, you're a real person and it's a real story and it's your story and you're walking through it right now. So pray for Wesley already has made such a transformation and uh, understanding. Um, of what God wants from him. So thank you, Wesley. 
uh, for sharing your story, and we're going to continue to pray for you. Thank you. What a great testimony from Wes. You know, that's what it's all about. In our centers in Miami and Broward, we're serving hundreds of people every single day, thousands of people during the course of a year, uh, probably close to 20,000 people with all of our outreaches, but it always comes down um, what what's changed? What's happened in a person's life? And so you heard Wes's testimony. Uh, I go back with Wes for many, 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 many years, and I can testify to his transformation and what he's going through. And right now, he needs our prayers. He's going through a little thing in his life, but you know, it's really great to hear the transformed lives. When I go out into the community, by the way, I've been doing this for over thirty years. I will run into past graduates. Um, you know, uh, last year I had to get my license renewed. And I went to the DMV, made my appointment and everything, went in there and, and uh, got everything straight. When I went to pay, there was a lady behind the register and she says, hey, Reverend Brummett, do you remember me? I said, what? She goes, hey, Reverend Brummett, do you remember me? I didn't remember her, but she told me her story. She had been in our Center for Women and Children about six years ago uh, and she had had two kids. She said her two kids were doing fine. She had gotten remarried. She had her own place and here she is working in DMV. And and I see that once in a while during the course of the year. I'll run into maybe four or five people during the course of the year at a supermarket or even in traffic. Uh, even at churches, when I go visit churches, I'll see past graduates and it's just heartwarming to know that what we do is not just a band-aid. It's not just to get someone fixed for a day and then they get back in trouble. Uh, it's that they really take to heart the opportunity that's given him. When, when people come into our, our program, by the way, they get not only do they get the shelter and they get their meals and they get some medical attention and they get their clothing and they get their hygiene, but now we start dealing with their personal issues. And for some that are newly homeless, maybe just lost their job in the last three or four months, it's very easy. You know, they haven't hit rock bottom. They may not have an addiction or mental health. Uh, illness problem. They just have a lack of funds. I mean, they went through a divorce, whatever it is. Those are pretty easy uh, situations where we can get people back on their feet. But someone that's been on the street three, four, five years or been in the turnstile, then they've been, you know, going from one place to another in jail, out of jail to one center, to one other center, to one center. Those are more difficult. We call the chronic homeless. And, uh, and yet, we have a lot of expertise. Many of our, our staff, by the way, are formerly homeless men and women. So they know exactly what's going on. They live the lifestyle. They, they know the tricks. They know the arguments. They know the jargon. And they know when people are putting them on and when they're trying to get, trying to get by. So uh, again, that is helping people right where they are when they're in the greatest of need, doing it with, the, with the, the love of God and also doing it with human compassion and the best skill sets that we can help develop them. We have an education center, which can help people with their education if they can't read or write too well or they need some uh, refreshing in that area. It can also help them with their computer literacy skills. You know, Many people that come to us haven't used a computer or looked at a computer for years and they need some additional help. So we'll help them with their computer skills. And you know this, you can't go anywhere or do anything anymore and even almost check out any place without having some basic computer uh, literacy skills. And then we have our addiction classes, our counseling classes, setting goals, how to get a job, how to keep a job, how to do a budget. You see, it's it's almost like reparenting, uh, going to a, a university for one year and getting all the tools and all the skills and refreshment and abilities that you need to become successful in life. Because we just don't want to put somebody into a home that's going to fail. We want to make sure that when people do get their housing and they find affordable housing, that they have some tools that they can look at and work with to keep their home, keep their budget going, and be prepared for those um, 
those big swings in life that come at us when we're not prepared. Uh, you can help us make a difference in more people, especially during the fall season. We've got Thanksgiving coming up, the end of the year holidays, Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all that uh, by going to our website at caringplace.org slash thanks. That's caringplace.org slash thanks. For $2.10, you can make a wonderful meal for someone that's in great need. Some of you that are listening can do maybe 10 meals. Can Maybe some can do 100 or 200 meals. Uh, maybe even 1,000 meals. I don't want to limit anyone from, from helping us. Us, and you can help change lives. That's caringplace.org slash thanks. Well, God bless you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as the Caring Place. www.caringplace.org.